When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. On this edition of our podcast, I'll be joined by Purdue head coach Matt Painter, who certainly could be the Big Ten Coach of the Year, and C.J. Massenburg from Buffalo as the Bulls try to pull off a major upset in the NCAA tournament again. Last year, if you remember, they beat Arizona and gave Kentucky a decent game for falling. The Buffalo Bulls are going to be a pretty good seed, and I think it'll be one of those sleeper teams that people are going to pick to go far in the NCAA tournament. So, a couple of news items for you. Uh, Gonzaga is your number one team in the country and likely your number one overall seed. We're going to have an NCAA tournament bracket coming out on Tuesday afternoon. Check out if they still hold that position. Virginia, North Carolina, which is hot right now. Duke still doesn't have Zion Williamson back. We'll see if he comes back for Wake Forest or for North Carolina on the weekend. Uh, Tennessee knocked off Kentucky, so I flipped them in my Power 36. And LSU, three-way race basically for the SEC regular season title. All three of those teams could get to the Final Four. Houston took on its first... Lost in quite some time and at home. Uh, second loss in the American. They lose to UCF. Taco Fall, seven foot seven center that I think you'll all love to see in the NCAA tournament. We had him on the podcast last week. And then they knocked off Houston. So check out those two teams, certainly in the American, as, long, as well as Cincinnati. And we'll see if Temple can get in as well. Michigan, good win at Maryland. And Michigan is right there behind Purdue with Michigan State, which lost at Indiana. Um, Indiana is going to be a very interesting case for the selection committee because if they beat Illinois and Rutgers this week, they're going to have six quad one wins. They'll be eight and 12 in the league, which I know it doesn't matter. And I want you to understand conference standings don't matter, but they'll have some momentum. You win a game or two in the big 10 tournament and they're going to get in despite a very mediocre overall record and conference record, but they will have the resume to do so. So none of this will make any sense though, if they don't beat Illinois and Rutgers, uh, there's going to be a lot of leagues to watch over the next week and a half, whether they're one bid leagues or not. Wofford in the SoCon, I think they're in regardless. I just mentioned Buffalo from the MAC, Gonzaga, the WCC, VCU out of the A10, maybe Belmont in the OVC, Old Dominion possibly in the Conference USA. These are all schools that could be in one-bid leagues, but if they lose, those leagues may get two bids, and then they'll knock out teams like, you know, maybe Indiana, well, obviously Indiana, Another Big East team, whoever that may be, whether it's Georgetown, uh, is it is it Xavier suddenly, is it Seton Hall? I think St. John's will get in, but there's a lot of movement there. Marquette losing over the weekend, looked like they were going to be a cinch, just lock up the Big East regular season title and number one seed, and now that could be in jeopardy. 
The Big 12, Kansas State trying to oust Kansas. First time in 15 years. Texas Tech, though, is right there to maybe win it as well. Or maybe Kansas gets a share. So a lot of movement in the the next week and a half. Uh, Texas, another one of those teams right on the bubble. They had a huge win over Iowa State. Um, You know, there's so many teams that are going to be rooting hard for those teams that I just mentioned to win their conference tournament as well. And all those leagues get just one bid. So to reiterate, the polls don't mean the same as the seedings. And the conference records in a power major conference don't mean as much as long as you beat the right teams. You can be sub 500, especially when you're playing 20 league games. That's a new phenomenon as well. So one of those leagues that's playing 20 is the Big Ten. And Purdue, right now, is atop the standings with a week left in the regular season. Who saw that coming? My conversation with Purdue's Matt Painter, coming up here on March Madness 365. And now joining me on March Madness 365, Purdue head coach Matt Painter. The Boilermakers, as we are taping, are 15-3 in the Big Ten. That's first place, 22-7 and seven overall. They are half game over Michigan in the loss column, a full one game over Michigan State, uh, who are in third right now. And Purdue ends the season at Minnesota at Northwestern. So there are no easy games in the Big Ten. Uh, but Matt, over the last month, um, you guys have consistently played at a high level. Uh, where do you think this season turned to where you legitimately could compete to win the Big Ten title outright? I, that's obviously a big statement. You know, when you you start off your your season, we had such a tough schedule um, to start off. Our first four, four road games were at Michigan, at Michigan State, at Wisconsin, and at Ohio State. And in hindsight, if you just like say, hey, if we could split those games, we could be in a good spot. But you technically could be 0-4 from those four road games. Um, we ended up splitting them, but we lost our first two. So we lost at Michigan really wasn't that close of a game. Um, they pushed it out in the second half. They, we go to Michigan State. I thought they just manhandled us. We took, we took tough shots. Um, we needed to share the basketball more. But I just thought they manhandled. I thought physically, man, is this, you know, is this the way it's going to be? And we just had to do a better job of playing together. We had to do a better job um, of defending and having an effort. And since then, we've just kind of grown each game. We've had games in that fray that we really didn't play well. There's about three or four games in there where we really didn't play that well, but we found a way to win. We were able to grind out some wins, and that was something that we weren't able to do in non-conference. We just weren't. We weren't able to get some some big-time stops at the end of a game or just be able to close the game out. And so I think we've just done a better job of that. And then now, you know, here in the past couple of weeks, you know, we went on the road at Nebraska. We went on the road in Indiana. We didn't play that well. And uh, we're able to find a way, find a way to win. Carson struggled shooting the basketball, and I think that's a good sign. And it's a good sign for our team to be able um, to get in those games and to be able to get it done, especially on the road. But early on, when you were trying to figure out this group, Carson was trying to figure out his role. Uh, you know, should Matt Harms come on the bench? Should he be a starter? All these things that are natural for what you went through early in the season. Um, how how optimistic were you though? that this team could compete for the Big Ten championship? Oh, you weren't, when you're in that position, you're not worrying. You're six and five. You know, you're not sitting around thinking about competing for the Big Ten championship. You're thinking about beating, you know, Ohio at home. You're thinking about beating Belmont at home, thinking about beating Iowa. Those were our next games after we got beat by Notre Dame. And, um, 
you know, you just have to have a little bit of success and then try to build on it and get some confidence. And we were able to do that. And then after we pushed through that, you know, can we beat somebody on the road? Can we beat a quality opponent on the road? Then once we started doing that, now our guys, I think, you know, started to believe and kind of learned how to settle into some games, um, especially when you're on the road. But at the same time, and I, and I get it, you're in the moment and, and you should be, um, you also know whether or not you have enough talent to do it. And there are probably years when maybe you don't. Um, when did you see, you know what, we have the talent, if things work out, that we, we can beat anyone in this league and, and certainly compete. I mean, there are certain times, you know, that other teams, whether it was last year for for Illinois or Rutgers or, you know, or Northwestern this year. I mean, you just know, look, we can't win the league. Maybe we can go X and X, whatever. But, uh, you know, you knew, I'm sure, at some point that I've got the talent that if X, Y, and Z happen, we can do this. Yeah, well, I, I think we got people that have the talent to win our league that are on the bubble um, right now. We got teams that are under 500 that have the talent to win the Big Ten Conference, but you have guys that are productive. And I, and I felt through our recruiting and how we went about it is, you know, we need to get enough guys that can shoot the basketball. We need to get enough guys that can take care of the basketball, um, make their free throws, do things of that nature, because everybody has taken somebody who in their eyes is good enough. And you're, you're trying to get your team together. The thing we've been able to do is uh, rebound the basketball. Like we've been able to offensive rebound and that's really helped us. So if we can take care of the basketball, we have the most offensive rebounds in the big 10 in conference play. So, like, if you can take care of the basketball and not turn it over, we've had a couple games where we have turned it over and it's really hurt us. So we can just – we can kind of dominate those possessions if we can keep getting those offensive rebounds. When we started to do that, that really helped us. So, But I've always liked our team. I've always liked the pieces that we've had. I've liked the competitive spirit that we have. And, um, you know, you, you just don't know when it is. Maybe it's your year. Maybe, you know, you're a year away from some things at times. But – um, just stick together and play hard. And so once we started kind of compiling some wins and have that streak, I think that's when our guys started, you know, to believe in themselves a little bit more. Also, I thought a year ago, you know, it didn't matter who was going to take a shot. Everyone felt confident that they could if they were in that position. Uh, at what point this season did you feel that with this group that it didn't need to be Carson, or at least the other players didn't think it needed to be Carson, right. where if Grady was open or Ryan was open, uh, you know, they're going to take it and they're going to feel like they can make it. I, I think all year, especially for Klein, you know, he's a guy that's been a shot maker. You know, Matt Harms is a guy that is very opportunistic. He can he can dive and make plays. He can post and make plays. He can catch and shoot on the perimeter. So it's just that ability as a team as you grow and you kind of figure things out. Sure, we're going to try to go to Carson late in the game or in a pressure situation, but we also can play off of him. And I think that's what really helps us if we can play off of him and he gets too much attention. Now we can move the basketball and then somebody can have a great opportunity. Winning is hard. Winning on the road is hard. Uh, being a consistent NCAA tournament team uh, certainly is very difficult. As you rack these up year after year after year, uh, how much have you learned to appreciate each one individually about how difficult it is, especially when you look at your, your colleagues, to do this year in and year out? Yeah, well, it's different for the players that you have because the players that we have in our program either haven't done it or have been here and we've had success. So I think Ryan Klein and Grady, you know, had that failure their freshman year of going into overtime and, and, and losing um, in a game um, in the NCAA tournament. Besides that, they've been to two Sweet 16s. You know, the guys that are juniors on our team 
Um, you know, Carson has been to two sweet 16. So these guys have been in the tournament and they've had success as a coach. You know, you have everything, you know, you've, you know, you've had the years where you don't go to the tournament. You've had years where you get upset in the tournament. You've been the years where, you know, you know, now you got to face a number one seat after winning a game or a number two seat after fin- winning a game, or you have to get to the sweet 16 and play somebody um, of that caliber. So you're constantly fighting to try to be one of those schools, you know, to get that, two seed where we have or get a three seed or a four seed you know you're just trying to put yourself in there but then also understanding once you get in there sometimes those numbers don't mean anything um because the matchups you know the matchups are the things that matter and sometimes you'll you'll look at a team and you know you're a four seed and they're a 13 seed or the 512 game has obviously um been talked about a lot there's not a lot of difference and that's just what makes march madness and college basketball special so you mentioned, and we'll see what happens this week with a team like Indiana, uh, your rival. I mean, they've got great wins. They do have a lot of losses. And, you know, if they can take care of business, you know, they clearly are and could be an NCAA tournament team. They have the talent to do so. You've been, you know, on both sides of this, you've been at a high major, obviously, for many years. You've been at a one-bid kind of conference. Um, it's not apples and apples, and I keep telling people this, that it's still who you beat, and yes, not everyone has the same opportunities. Um, how do you look at that, though, in terms of from uh, afar about what is equitable of who right. should be in the tournament, especially when some of these teams don't have the same opportunities? But, you know, other teams, they may have a sub 500 record, but they beat the good teams. Right. Well, at Southern Illinois, when we were, we were there, I was assistant for three years, um, excuse me, for two years when we went to the tournament. And then I was the head coach for one. And then Chris Lowry took over. And then he went for three. But in that six-year run at Southern Illinois, they had five um, at-large bids. That's hard. That's, that's a really hard. A lot of people don't realize it's oh, the six straight things. That doesn't happen a lot at a mid-major level. But when you say you went five out of six with Coach Weber, myself, and then Chris Lowry did a great job um, in those three years, and, and you have at-large bids, that's unheard of. And so the thing that we would talk about at a certain point in the season, I shouldn't say we, I, I would talk about is we're all, we're going to be fine as long as we don't lose anymore. And <laughs> I know that's a little bit of pressure and you, you think that, but that's where teams get. And if that's where you get and you got some guys that are resilient and you got some guys that are tough minded, that's what you have to do. Like Indiana, like Indiana's, you know, they swept Michigan state. They've beat Louisville. They've beat Marquette, but they're going to have to go to Illinois and win. They're going to have to beat Rutgers at home. What that does is gets that gets them out of Wednesday's game in the Big Ten tournament. They got to get out of Wednesday's game in the Big Ten tournament. Now they get to Thursday's game. They have they have more of a quality opponent. Now they got to win that game. Then they got to get in that quarterfinal. And then they're going to face somebody in that quarterfinal that's going to be obviously an NCAA tournament team more than likely. They'd like to see somebody before them that's going to be an NCAA tournament team. But the two teams they face at the end of the year, that can't really help them as much as it can hurt them, as we all know. And then that's a tough predicament that they're in, but they're still in a manageable situation. So, you know, win your game at home against Rutgers, win your game at Illinois, win that first game. Now, when you go out in that bubble, you get your total wins around 18. You got yourself a road win. You got yourself a neutral win which can help where your wins go, you know, that can get up into quad one. And so that's what you want to be able to do. Now you're want to knock one more person off and they're probably in them. 
And so they're in a very similar position that you get into when you're at Southern Illinois and your back's up against the wall a little bit. But they're still in a manageable situation, and they're still in a situation where they can get in the tournament, and that's what you want. And you're exactly right, and that's also why I'm consistently preaching that first game in those November tournaments, that might end up being one of the most important games you'll ever play because if you win it, more than likely in that semi, you're playing an NCAA tournament team. If you lose it and you're in the loser's bracket, now you may get nothing out of that tournament Correct. in terms of playing a team in an NCAA, you know, in terms of playing a potential team in the field. A lot of coaches don't get that piece of it in terms of they, they got to pick their losses. What I mean by that is you need to schedule your losses. So you're not going to get beat up with that neutral loss to a really good team. You're not going to get beat up for having that away loss to a really good team. But if you just keep piling wins like we did 20 years ago just to get to a certain number, that that model is not going to work for you. And I think the committee has shown that as they keep growing and now they change and they're trying to – it's not perfect, but they're getting better at selecting things is you're going to have to get some things figured out with all that being said, if I'm at a mid-major school, man, I, I got to get something figured out because now non-conference wise, I have to make sure that I'm not getting people in that 350 to 250. And what happens is in your conference, you get some of those people. So you can't avoid that. So you got to be able to schedule. It's so hard for mid-major guys to schedule, but man, you have to get out in front of things and you have to really get away from that. You obviously are, people aren't going to want to come in and play you. So you, you really have to have somebody who's got a pulse on those things that do those things, but you can't be afraid to go places and play. You can't be afraid. And then, you know, that's, what's going to try to help you. If you can have a great season, like a Belmont people like that, they go and play people. They understand it, that if they get knocked off, they want to put themselves in a great position so they can get in that large bid. Well, Matt, I appreciate it. I know I will see you Saturday at Northwestern. We'll see if uh, I'm seeing you there to potentially win the Big Ten regular season title. Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Andy. All right. Bye-bye. And coming up here on March Madness 365, I'll be joined by Buffalo's C.J. Massenberg, whether or not the Bulls can pull off a major upset again in the NCAA tournament. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, C.J. Massenberg from Buffalo. And the Bulls uh, are heading into their last couple of games of the regular season in the MAC. They are presently uh, atop the East Division, 14 and 2, 26 and 3 overall. And they are number 21 as we're taping this. I'm sure they're going to go up or stay the same in the AP poll. I've got them, uh, you know, climbing in my own power 36. So, I mean, there's no question that this is a team that is. Uh, right now, a team to watch, a team that I think for sure can get past where they were a year ago. So let's check in with CJ. CJ, how do you feel in terms of your optimism right now where this team is heading into the last week of the regular season? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really optimistic about our future. You know, uh, I feel like we're playing really good basketball right now. We're playing as a team. We're playing our selfish uh, effort really good on the defensive end. Um we uh, had an issue with our starts a couple games back, but last game we started out on an 18-0 run, and that's always a good sign because the starts of a game can either make make or break the game for you. And I'm just re- I just feel really good about our team right now. Yeah, I've got you guys moved up to 15 in my Power 36. I think it's time that the rest of the country, I know you've been ranked, but really take notice of, of what you can accomplish. W- what did you learn a year ago from – 
not just knocking off Arizona, but in the Kentucky loss that maybe you can take with you once you get into the NCAA tournament and be a team that will be probably favored to win at least one game, maybe two? Oh, uh, just... So it's, it just gives you a lot of confidence. Just knowing that you can um, not only compete with those guys because, like, we are we, before going into both of those games, we knew we can we we had the players to compete and the coaching staff to compete, but we weren't sure if maybe we could win and then to win by like twenty plus against Arizona and then compete really good with Kentucky. Yeah, it just gives us a lot of confidence. So we're gonna. If, if we do, uh, when we do get to that point, uh, we're going to go in with the mindset like, hey, we, we can beat these guys. Like, we should beat these guys. So it, it's just a confidence booster and and just just knowing you've been there before and, and the success you have. Now, for those that don't fully grasp the road travel in the MAC, you guys, I'm, I'm catching you while you're on the road on what, like a five or six day trip, even though you only yeah. played two games because you played at Miami of Ohio. On Friday, you're at Ohio on Tuesday. You know, it's not easy to get in and out of Buffalo at this time of the year in the winter. Yeah. What's it been like to go through this road grind this season where travel, uh, for most of us, obviously, in the East has not been easy at all? Man, it's been crazy. Um, but it's also been enjoyable because uh, places that we've, we've been to in the previous years, they, they have a dead crowd or – or the atmosphere is in like uh, a lot of energy, but now this year we come in ranked. Every 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 game is a so uh, a sellout on the road. Uh, they're making beat Buffalo T-shirts and and it's just crazy. The atmosphere is crazy. It, it's, it's been fun to uh, get those wins in the atmosphere like that, and the fans talking to us like y'all overrated and and all of that stuff. And <laughs> it's just been a real fun time. Uh, seeing all these schools like get really hyped up to uh, play us and we still come out on top. So as you get into the MAC tournament next week, um, it, it's going to be a different feeling because a year ago, you know, there clearly was no guarantee. You had to win it. This year, uh, not that I'm on the committee, but <laughs> there's no way you're not getting in <laughs> if you don't win the conference tournament. And so I'm not saying that you need to relax or anything like that, but h- how much do you think the mindset may be just a little bit less stressful knowing that, you know, it's not make or break if you win three games in three days. Um, That's kind of like, I wouldn't say the elephant in the room, but we definitely want to take care of business in a MAC tournament because, yeah, I mean, it, it feels good to win the championship knowing that you was top dog in the, uh, in the conference, but it also is relieving knowing that, Hey, if God forbid, if anything happens in the MAC tournament and we and we don't win it, that we still um, that we still will, will, will be in the NCAA tournament. That's that's kind of relieving. Um, so we're just gonna go out there, have fun, play our hardest, and and try to get a championship. Well, and obviously, if you win more games, you're gonna have a better seed, and then you have you have a better seed, you have more of a chance to advance. Yeah. So yeah. It, it all works hand in hand. It's it. At the end of the day, it's just better to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you want championships, obviously. Um, Nick Perkins, uh, you get a lot of the pub, but Nick Perkins has had a, you know, a great year. He had 27 in your win over Kent State a couple of weeks ago. Uh, give me a little bit of a scouting report on the rest of your crew that uh, the people listening may not fully know, understand, or really comprehend what else you have next to you on this team. 
Oh yeah, we uh we we have a lot of good guys on this team. Um, like you said, Nick Perkins, he's he's playing really good basketball right now. He's um one thing that's really improved with him. He's becoming a, a really good passer out of the post. You know, with his size at six eight two fifty, um, in the MAC he's he 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 requires a double team. Like it's it's just it is what it is. Every time we throw it in there, um, teams want to double. But one thing that he's like grown and become a lot better at his, his passing out of the double. So if you want to double him, then he's kicking it out to uh, Jeremy Harris, who's a, who's a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, he, he, he hasn't been playing his best lately, but it, it, it's March now, so I'm really, I've been seeing his work. He, he's been putting in the work. I've been seeing how, um, how much work he's been putting in, so I'm expecting really big games out of him coming up. And, um, he, he had a really good, really good March last year. So um, this year he should he should be fine, but you know Nick Perkins and Jeremy Harris, them them guys can go. They um, Jeremy Harris, I think he even put up 30, 30 plus uh, this year against Toledo uh, at home. So we got a lot of weapons. We got a lot of weapons. All right, one word to describe a Buffalo winter: brutal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have survived and advanced. Hopefully the sun is going to shine here soon in upstate New York and certainly on this team in the NCAA tournament, but I know you got to take care of business first in the MAC. CJ Massenberg, appreciate you joining me here on March Madness 365. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this edition of March Madness 365. I'm Andy Katz. You can find our podcast wherever you download your podcast at iTunes and, of course, on all our NCAA.com and March Madness social media platforms. If you are following us, we've got another NCAA tournament bracket on Tuesday coming out in the afternoon. We've got plenty of Skype sessions where I talk to the movers and shakers in college basketball this week, dealing with the SoCon and Wofford and whether or not they'll get multiple bids out of that league and Utah State, which had a huge win over Nevada. Uh, certainly there was other over the weekend, Grant Williams from Tennessee, Jesse Govan from Georgetown. Uh, plenty of content to digest over the course of the week. And of course, I break down our Power 36, comparing that to the AP poll. Other questions that I took from you, you can find all of that at NCAA.com and on our March Madness social media platforms. Really appreciate everyone downloading the podcast, listening, and we are in the final week for the regular season March Madness, believe it or not. Selection Sunday, March 17th. We are under two weeks away. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.